0: this meeting is being recorded
1: okay welcome in to the three guys talking ball podcast it's tuesday september 6 2022 we have made it through week one it's the larry zonka episode episode 39 We've made it through week one of college football. And just a reminder, we are going to two episodes per week now. We're doing a recap show Tuesday, a preview of the upcoming week on Thursday. It's just Ethan and I tonight. We're hanging out. We just wanted the best-looking guys of the podcast on here today. So it's just us. We're going to, I think, and also I think Grant still hasn't recovered from Iowa sneaking past South Dakota State. I don't even uh, call it that.
0: Limping. limping
1: crawling. crawling, hopping, something like that. It was a it was they, they snuck by. They got a win. All that matters one and all. Michigan took care of Colorado State, like they like I said. Minnesota took care and covered against New Mexico State. Dude. Whoever the idiot is that said New Mexico State was covered should be shunned. But they Minnesota covered their 1-0. and They got another tough one against Western Illinois, but we'll talk about that later in the week. We'll start this show with the Iowa-South Dakota State game. That game kicked off right away at 10, 10 Mountain Time on Fox Sports 1. And I don't know about you, Ethan, but my eyes are still bleeding from that game.
0: Yeah, I actually bleached mine after, and I still can't see. So it's not going well. You, you, you bleached him. That's probably a good thing. You should have done it before the game. I know. I know. Now I have all these, I can, I don't know. I have all these excuses now if I don't want to look at something.
1: Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, you, and you you did this in hopes you didn't even have to look at Grant. And
0: he he exactly. didn't show his face. <laughs> I know he couldn't, he couldn't even do it. He, he, he should have put a paper bag on to be honest, if he was going to come on tonight. Yeah. but He should have been a Browns fan.
1: <laughs> well, If they lose to Iowa State next week, we might he he might have to.
0: (laughs) We should we're gonna if they lose, he's wearing an Iowa State shirt
1: on the podcast. I well that and we might make him. That might be part of the bet because I guarantee you he's gonna be full of himself. He's gonna be very confident that Iowa will still find a way to beat Iowa State. So we might catch him at a weak moment. So that's something to stay tuned for. Yeah, and (laughs) but. 7-3, 7-3, to three, two safeties from Iowa and a field goal. Ugly game. The defense looked good. They looked like they hand took care of business. They did a good job of keeping Grinowski uncomfortable all game, not really able to do a whole lot. They had one play where it could have been a touchdown, but I think Iowa's pressure got to him to where he wasn't able. He ended up having to rush it and overthrow it. If he completes that, I, South Dakota Coach State won, the, won that game. And – they South Dakota State also had some injuries where Tucker Craft, their tight end, all Missouri Valley tight end, went out. I think that's also a factor. Like but top three tight end in the draft,
0: like he's yeah. a freaking stud.
1: And I I know Stegelmeyer John, their South Dakota State head coach John Stegelmeyer was saying that this is the best offense they've had. I don't quite see that. I know Iowa's defense is legit, but I still think I think by probably by the time NDSU. They play NDSU. That you expect that offense to take off, but Grinowski yeah. still is a little bit slow, deterred by his his uh, in, uh, coming off that leg injury. We'll see if he's able to improve. I believe. I don't even know who they play this week, but I always no got to figure out something on offense. I was surprised they they did a little bit of a two quarterback system last year, but this year I, I thought they would go go to Padilla at some point just for something different. Because, I honestly
0: am starting to think it's almost like a recruiting thing. They don't want to know, like they don't want people to know they couldn't develop peachers and like it could be used against them in recruiting. Like, I don't see another way. What else it could be at this point? Because he's absolutely god awful. Like he is the worst quarterback in the Power Five, and, and honestly, it might not be close.
1: Well, and it's very interesting because they had they had a four star recruit come in last year, the COVID he year. is a four star. So, um, but. I, what I'm saying is, is uh, they had Deuce Hogan who came in very highly touted as the next great Iowa quarterback. Yeah. And he just got, he transferred over to Kentucky and he got, gone. Gone. It, it, okay. And he, he got named the backup and they said, and, and his knock at Iowa for, according to ference was that he wasn't consistent enough. And what Mark Kentucky head coach, Mark Stoops said was, he got the backup job was because of his consistency. So I don't in Iowa that their, their offensive coordinator is the head coach's son. He's not going to fire him, but for the love of God, they have to do something. They have to change on the offense because they're still stuck in the 1990s where it's, it's so obvious when they're going to run the ball, nothing changes with them. And sometimes it's good, but they they don't have the personnel to. They don't have any receivers to throw to this year because they're all no. injured. I I like in our group chat you you said it like I don't know how they're gonna score more than fourteen points in a game this year. No, other than they might be able to break something. But seriously, it's your our prediction of uh, Minnesota taking the West looks pretty good, and it might even wide open. It, it's gonna be might be a we said it was gonna be a two to three horse race between minnesota wisconsin iowa i know i did and then you said it was between minnesota yeah. iowa I've, i this might it's come been, down to the battle yeah. for the axe
0: the last the saturday after
1: thanksgiving in camp randall
0: yeah so here here's a stat from the iowa 247 guy david Eichfer, uh Eichhol. in the last nine iowa football games iowa's offense has scored 70 or 66 points in those nine games, the defense and special teams combined have scored 77. Nine games, the defense is outscoring the offense. Nine. That's uh,
1: You're not going to win too many games with that.
0: And yet they've probably won over half of those games just solely because their defense got so many turnovers. And they got lucky. They didn't even get any on Saturday. They got pretty damn oh. – like, they're so lucky to get that win.
1: Yeah, because – well, yes, yeah, South Dakota State was the only team that forced the two turnovers. The one where where Iowa was about to score and that would have put the game up, which was a great play Bob. by I think yeah. I think his Adam name was Bob. Jack. Yeah, he's an Iowa he's native. Sure. He said he had that game circled on since he committed, and it was a great. Mm-hmm. I don't even think you can be mad at the running back there. I think it was just that good of a play by the by
0: by him. Mm-hmm. And honestly, they dropped probably at minimum one pick six South Dakota State that one over the middle the cornerback wide open lane but just barely dropped it there's another one they dropped it's just like the amount of turnovers they could have had that Petrus force was just ridiculous and some of it
1: isn't even on Petrus. it's just because receivers can't get any separation either because there mm-hmm. is there what their top two top three receivers are all that's out with a, injuries yeah Regini's
0: out Johnson's out I mean Arlen Bruce is really the only one that's like there Like, they don't even start talking about uh Charlie, uh, whatever his name, something Charlie, whatever the guy the chance of the Purdue, that's just gonna make them cry. But, jeez, my gosh, that room's terrible. And the O line, they might even taken a step back. They yep. got Manning up front. They were terrible.
1: Yeah, I don't have the stats in front of me. I'd be curious what the what the yardage was overall as far as
0: like per um, carry.
1: Yeah, per carry or what? If I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if South Dakota State outgained them.
0: Um no, I think Iowa did out-gain them actually, but it, it couldn't have been by much. No, cuz as much as South Dakota
1: State played in the shadow of their own end zone, Iowa still couldn't move the ball.
0: Iowa had 109 yards total. Uh No, no, t- total yards 166. Uh they let's see South Dakota had one, South Dakota State had 122 and Iowa averaged 1.6 yards a rush first in FCS team which granted they're they're probably a top 2 or 3 FCS team but come on like they seriously were,
1: they were number 3 in the FCS poll that came out Monday yeah. when we we're recording this but yeah it was ugly game they got a big game coming up we'll see it's we'll uh, we'll have Grant back on to join us on Thursday and we'll see how he feels give give him a chance to defend the program he roots for And I I do like the smugness, Ethan, of you taking a sip of that wine as we're talking Iowa because – You're damn right.
0: Eat shit, Grant.
1: (laughs) And we'll move over to the other game that was going on at at 10. That one was on ABC. It was Michigan-Colorado State. Michigan took care of business. Defense, 11 tackles for losses, seven sacks. A big question mark coming in after they have to replace two first-round draft picks in David Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson. And I texted this in the group chat, you guys, Braden McGregor. Remember that name. He's he built is. just like Aiden Hutchinson, 6'6", 260, uh, lived in the backfield. He got a sack. Uh, Mike Moore, another guy who has – or Mike Morris, excuse me, who has been – the coaches haven't stopped talking about him. He, he played really well. Is might not show up in the stack book, but he was living in the backfield as well. Derek Moore was another freshman, too, to keep an eye on. He also played well. And then they also – and he didn't play a whole lot because he was kind of a late signee from the transfer portal. Iabi Amoni, he was uh, played two years at Alabama, two years at UT Martin. He was on the SEC all-freshman team in 2018, and he got a sack on his first play. So he's someone, I think, as his conditioning builds up and he start gets more familiar with the system, I think he's going to be another one to – to, to step up and because you're not going to replace, it's not going to be a two person. I don't even know the amount of sack. I don't Aiden at seventeen. I think Ojaba had eleven. I think if you're able to get production and do it by committee, I think that's going to be just fine. But the biggest concern for me still is the offense. They struggled in the red zone. They they were able to move the ball twenty to twenty, but they had to settle for some more more field goals than I would have liked, which has been a common theme with Harbaugh. But if they're able to keep progressing like they did last year and then in game big games find ways to get touchdowns instead of settling for field goals like they did against Ohio State, like they did against Penn State on the road, I like the direction. Cade looked very shaky. He missed some easy throws and JJ when he McCarthy when he came in and he's going to be starting on third or on Saturday against Hawaii, he looked good. You could tell there was a little bit more pep in the step. I don't think Cade played as bad as what some people are saying. He did miss a couple, but he really seemed to settle in. There was one, I know, Cornelius Johnson had one a, on a crossing route in the red zone that would have been a touchdown that he missed on. Ronnie Bell had a drop that would have extended a drive, would have been on a first down. But I like the improvement. We'll see. I My gut says that I think at this point after one game, it's J.J.'s job to lose. We'll see because he's playing against the Hawaii team who is not good at all. Their Michigan's opens is a 50-point favorite. So we'll see what happens, but we'll move over to the your, your game on Thursday. Were you able to watch the whole game against New Mexico
0: State? Yeah, I watched almost all of it. Um, honestly, my biggest takeaway was probably with Tanner Morgan and just how he commanded the offense. Like last year, it looked like he was just lost. Like he wasn't, wasn't even close to what the guy – back in 2019 with the Bateman and Johnson crew. Again, I'm not saying he was anything close to that on Thursday either, but he had more zip. His, his arm looked stronger than ever. He looked more slim down, showed much better pocket presence. He multiple times just stood in there, took a hit, delivered the ball or else moved around the pocket. Didn't so much scramble, but just bought time outside and then hit somebody. And then the biggest one was he – went through his reads. He, he's always been known just to kind of stare like the that first guy down and maybe hit the second guy. There are multiple times he hit the fourth guy. So the fourth read. So I was like, that's what he love. me. Where he scrambled for a 15 yard gain. Like that's just not the Tanner Morgan we saw last year, not even close. So that's what I like seeing. I mean, I knew New Mexico State might've been the worst team I've ever seen play football. Um, they were freaking awful. I think their offense gave up after the second quarter. I mean, I mean, they played, they had 33 offensive plays. That's it. Cool. Like, I don't even think I've heard of that before. 91, yeah. I think, total yards, if they even had that. Like, I think 30 of them came on one, like, ridiculous catch by some receiver. But, like, they were just god awful. Their defense wasn't terrible. They really just set everyone back. So we wouldn't hit them with, like, any big, big plays. It was mostly so just runs with Ibrahim and Potts. But even them, Ibrahim looked more explosive than he did before his, before his Achilles. So that's a great. lot they're of good takeaways. out of him. Yeah, they're going to need it. Um, line was okay. I wouldn't say they are great. Most of Mo's yards came after contact, but that's kind of just who Moe is at the same time. So kind of hard to judge, and this weekend isn't going to be any better in terms of who they're playing or anyone or talent or uh, toughness or anything. And, heck, even Colorado looked freaking awful their third game. So I don't think you're really going to know a whole lot until they go to Michigan State here, first Big Ten game. Yeah, well, and Michigan State didn't even look that good against Western Michigan. No, no. I mean, and, Western Michigan is obviously better than what most of the Big Ten teams played, but even then, they're still me.
1: Yeah, and I didn't get to watch any of the Michigan State game because I was coaching my own game. We won, by the way, 148-16, and uh, I just kind of was looking at the looking at Twitter after, and they were saying Michigan State looked a little bit underwhelming from Trent after a good last year, which I think we've talked about on this podcast. I kind of expect Michigan state to take a step back because they had a losing an all-American running back and they lost their, one of their top receivers. We'll see yeah. if Peyton Thorne can take that next step and not rely on that running game. Cause I don't think they'll have the running back that they had last year.
0: Oh, and and, and to- you
1: can't really replace a guy. Like, and it's hard to, it's hard doing a little bit of, a bit of a disservice here, saying because not many, there's only one Kenneth Walker that's going to come around every so often.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, they still got Berger. They got that transfer that's pretty good from Colorado. So, I mean, they still have, like, solid running backs, but obviously not to, like, a Heisman level like Kenneth Walker was. But uh, I don't know, just, to, I just, Thorne just didn't do a lot for me on Saturday. Like, every, I feel like every big play he had was just a jump ball. And his, his receivers were bigger than and just bullied them on the outside. That's really well. How that's we what got
1: it out. was. That's what it was last year too. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, most of it was, different. and it goes their way. Football's a very it goes in cycles where you get those 50-50 balls majority of the time. The next year you don't. So we'll see yeah. what happens. But
0: their the, defense yeah. didn't very much changed either. I mean, Western Michigan threw the ball on them, but they just stalled most of most of their drives.
1: Yeah. Um. But. Did yeah? The one time I think I saw the little bit I watched of that Minnesota back to the Minnesota New Mexico State game. The little bit I watched was when because I, I was most of my time was watching that Purdue Penn State game, and we'll yeah, talk that that, talk a little bit after after I'm done here. But uh the one time New Mexico State had a chance to score and it would have gotten me the cover is mm-hmm. when they drove down and then Beautiful. their quarterback just decides to throw it up right. And the Minnesota defensive back made a heck of a play, but yeah, T-C- man, that yeah, cost was... me a cover. It would have been 38 3, 36 and a half. There you go. I got it. But
0: no, yeah. damn Jerry kills. Well, I'm looking at the Michigan State stats right now. Thorne was only 12 of 24. So, like, almost all of that was just bullshit. Toss it up and pray. So, yeah. I just don't. I just, don't, I really don't think they'll be that good. Their O line wasn't fantastic, and they were, their defense isn't very good either. They were, Time of possession was fifteen minutes in favor of Western Michigan. So New
1: Mexico, New or Western Michigan held the ball for 15 more minutes than them. Thirty-seven minutes
0: to twenty-two. What? Yeah, they moved the wow. ball. I told you they moved the ball up and down. They just could not finish drives.
1: Ah uh, well, they need your your current head coach back there. I bet you they would have finished drives.
0: Probably. Yeah, they had two <laughs> fumbles. I think both of them were in the red or right, close to the red zone.
1: Okay, man, but yeah, we'll switch over to the Penn or the Penn State Purdue game, which was a great game.
0: That was fun. Purdue, it
1: was it was coaching malpractice by Jeff Brown. What the hell are you doing throwing the ball? Sure. And it, I it was baffling. And Sean Clifford, if anything, that because both teams had a, had preseason hype about them being representing their respective divisions. I walked away from that game thinking neither one's got a chance because no. Sean Clifford, either one, Sean Clifford's going to screw it up, or for Purdue's side, Jeff Brown's going to screw it up because he likes to throw the ball too much.
0: Mm-hmm. 60 times and, to be exact. For what? You, you had the
1: ball late it, with the lead. Just run the ball. Make them use their timeouts. And even if you get two yards, who
0: gives a shit? You're wasting yeah. time. You're killing the clock. You know.
1: Well, and they were. It wasn't like they weren't weren't getting any yards on the ground. They were moving the ball fairly decent. They were getting three, four yards a pop.
0: Yeah, they averaged three a clip.
1: But so even then, you're at third and four. All you need is a four yard run, and depending on where you're at, if you should be able to get a yard or an inch. But yeah, if I and and Sean, like I said, Sean Clifford doesn't and Penn State fans I think are sick of him they're kind of you could hear the moans and groans from the few per, or Penn State fans that were in there and just following it along on Twitter and Joel Klatt did bring up a good point about that is when you have a quarterback who's been there for as long as he has he's got a very similar trajectory that uh, Mitch Leidner had I think he started off real hot and then every it just wasn't good enough and Everybody kind of just got sick of him. And it's because if he's there for that long, that means he wasn't good enough to leave.
0: Yeah. He's almost like old news.
1: And Penn State does have a five-star quarterback as their backup. And you get to see a little bit of him when he came in. I don't know how well he did, but.
0: He was 2-4 of for 26 yards, but it sounds like he – I wasn't watching, but Grant told me he overthrew a guy pretty bad. Oh. On a third down, a third down. So that was okay. too much wide open. But I mean, he's like he's a true freshman. Like, yeah, in an environment a blackout at Purdue. Like, that's one of the hardest environments to play in. Even if I mean, it is Purdue, but just ask Ohio State how hard it is to play there.
1: <laughs> right. And uh we, as we record this, we have Georgia Tech, Clemson going on, and Clemson's going for it on a fourth and goal, and oh, they just walked in yeah, finally. I'm not feeling great about this. They uh it looks like the same DJ DJ Ungleich. Yeah,
0: they don't look that great so far.
1: I don't know. Do you have it on too?
0: Yeah, I've been kind of peeking over at it. I'm, I'm, okay. i like three drives. I, I like my NC State pick.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: Three whole drives, baby. And well, NC State didn't look that great either. They needed uh no,
1: miss kicks to be ECU.
0: Yeah, but hey, credit to them for going to ECU. I mean that's they're not great program, but they're they're not terrible. Had They're, some they consistently season. make it
1: to a bowl. Yeah. But we'll move over to the another Thursday game, Pitt-West Virginia, which was a fantastic game. It was the first backyard brawl since 2011, and it lived up to the hype. That Amazing. was a fantastic game. It was back and forth. Pitt jumped out to an early lead. West Virginia came back, took the lead, and they were leading to go – leading big play by Pitt. And then, as West Virginia, with a tie game, is going, they're moving the ball, and I think it was like a second and two or something. J.T. Daniels throws it, bounces off the receiver's hands. Pitt returns it for a touchdown, and I thought the the doors were gonna blow off of whatever the new the new name of the the old Heinz Field was.
0: Yeah, I don't even know.
1: But and then West Virginia had a chance to tie it, and it was it was about as close as you could get. It was originally ruled a, a catch. And then replay shows that he dropped and he did. It was a good call, but both those teams I think are going to be tough in their respective conferences. Yeah. And
0: but, uh, I just, my favorite thing about that game was I was just kind of scrolling through the Wisconsin message board on Two Forty Seven sports, just to kind of see what they were saying about the, the game so far. And all of a sudden some dude goes and claims, uh, Graham Mertz is better than both of, uh, Slovis and Daniels. So that was my big chuckle for the night. So that very much made my Thursday. It was very honestly embarrassing to even read that, to think for someone to actually think that. But I know, that game was phenomenal. Probably going to be a top 10 game all year, honestly. And it was literally the third game of the season. Like back and forth. I mean, that kid has to feel terrible for that pick six. Yeah. Like just right through his hands.
1: And that was the best I've ever seen JT Daniels look in since he's been in he college. Right he looked, he yeah. looked comfortable. He, had, he looked, looked confident. He was still
0: on the feet of the Georgia, as, as crazy as that is, or seven and one, something like that. Like he just didn't. There
1: was something about it. like he just seemed off there. I don't know what it was, but he just there was something like where he just. I, th- I think his biggest thing was he was just so. In, it was just so. In, he was so inconsistent. He could never yeah. get any he consistency, and then he and then he got hurt too, which doesn't help either. And then Stetson yeah. Bennett just they just over. rolled the hot hand and yeah, which, which I guess we can just segue over to that game. That game was uh, about as exciting as the uh, semifinal playoff game was. Yeah. And who that's a, uh, I think, and we, we, we talked about it on Thursday's podcast is, you know, Oregon's going to season is going to go. How if we get good bow Nicks or bad bow Nicks, and we got, Worse than bad Bo Nicks on, yeah, yeah, like, like freshman year,
0: bad, bad, bad Bo Nicks type game.
1: Yep, and we'll see. A lot of season left. Oregon's gonna, I'm sure, they'll find a way to turn around. I think Dan Landing a good coach, but Georgia, Georgia just they're, they're not rebuilding, they're they just reloaded. They, they, that, yeah. that pick that that corner made it was a true freshman making his first start. Are you serious? Yeah. The one the one-handed, one-handed
0: one. Yeah. Yep. Jesus. That's insane. <laughs>
1: so Georgia looks like they are they are not missing a beat. We'll see if Stets- Stetson Bennett looked even better than his last year and see if he progresses as well. If he does, it's over. It's gonna be it's a collision. I was course. Say,
0: they look even more explosive than last year on offense. And yeah, that's saying something. Like Darnell Washington, their six-seven tight end. Look like the freakiest athlete I've ever seen in my life. Yeah.
1: And well, they well, they, they were saying that they have, Georgia has like three tight ends that are NFL prospects right now. Yeah.
0: Something I mean, like because that. I still got that uh, what's the white
1: guy's name again? I can't Bowles? think of the name. Not, yeah. I think it's, something like yeah,
0: that. was a Washington. They, they are freaking loaded right now.
1: And, and yeah, Stetson Bennett keeps improving and looks more confident each from week to week. It's, they might they might fight uh could put up more of a fight than we we initially thought against Alabama. Yeah, <laughs> but give them everything they want. <laughs> yeah, and where's that game? Do they play in the regular season this
0: no, year? Or no, no, they okay.
1: they they hardly ever play because there's so mm-hmm. many teams in the SEC. It's I know they should they make that a thing. Come on, they played in twenty. They played in twenty twenty in the COVID year, and Alabama beat the blew the doors off them. Like they did every team, but that I don't know. The next time they play,
0: and it has to be next, I would think. But
1: next year, or the year after, yeah, we'll we see. We deserve
0: two games of that every year.
1: We should, and then, yeah, well, it could knock each other, knock a team out because if they lose another conference game, they uh, they yeah, we won't get two to. Two but
0: the team, and they'll an SEC team will be the first two lost team in the in the playoffs, Let's be real.
1: Yeah. Oh for sure but we'll move over to another night game or to a night game that was the ESPN game of the week college game day was there they've fallen off it, it was I don't know if you watched any of it but it was I didn't you have I I don't understand if they're just that desperate where they they got Jack Harlow to do the guest picker which I mean yeah he's one of the more famous artists but it's, you have the two most story, two of the most storied programs, top top five for sure, top three probably mm-hmm. outside of Alabama, yeah. and you have all all the, the alumni, all the pageantry, all the tradition, and you choose Jack freaking Harlow. Are you kidding me for your well, guest speaker? They,
0: they do the same thing every year. Every, they, there's no difference from. Here to five years ago and they're at NDSU. You know, there's no difference in what they do anymore. It's like you you gotta change at some point to keep people engaged, like they're not just gonna watch the same shit every Saturday.
1: I actually switched over to the SEC network and I watched the whatever it is, where they have they've they have a better cast than what game day is. Outside of actually, street, they it it's just not entertaining anymore. As, Lee Corso as, just a
0: fuck. He's an idiot, like he's old.
1: Lost he's all, the, all he's
0: good for is the headgear.
1: That literally, that's the only
0: reason they should even have him on the TV because literally anything you say, one, you can barely understand him, and two, it probably doesn't make sense anyway.
1: Yeah, and, well, SEC Network, it had – well, it had John Daly as a guest picker. That's pretty great. <laughs> at 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to lie, He drunk. drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is the only way I would expect John Daly to be on a show oh, like 100%. that. But They were at
0: Arkansas, right, obviously. Yeah,
1: yep. They have. They have Marty Smith. Feinbaum. bomb. Oh, they took him off. Okay. Ryan McGee. I'm trying to think who else, but they were all. Was he in there? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I said Fine bomb. Oh, Ryan sorry. McGee. Marty Smith. I'm trying to think who else they had, but that cast is Tebow? far better. Who?
0: Tebow was Tebow back on yep, there. Yep. Tebow. Yep. Tebow was there, and he's really good. Actually, I mean, I, I hate yeah. him as a player, but he's freaking really good on TV.
1: Yeah, and. It, it was way more entertaining. It was a lot smarter. I, Aaron Rodgers' brother, I believe. Uh, takio Spikes oh. was a big talker there, but he, that I was the day before. before
0: the thing, and I was upset it wasn't takio Spikes. But I, 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 I'm a huge Marty
1: Smith fan, so he's I love great. listening to his, his stuff. I've read his book, and he's got a good podcast out too, but we'll move back over to the Ohio State Notre Dame game, and Notre Dame hung in there. They battled. They've got a legit defense. I think yeah. in the end, they got their offense is awful. They have no skill guys. Their quarterback is a poor man's John O'Corn. And in the end, Ohio State, they came out sluggish. But one of the big questions coming in is, is are they tough? Well, with, with the lead, they went 14 plays, took seven minutes off the clock, and pounded it in. And went ninety. It was, I believe, like a ninety-yard drive. So, did that, and we'll see. The defense is still, I still, there's still some questions. We'll see once they face a better offense. But Ohio State looked good. The offense was gonna be was a little sluggish. Their receivers were off. Uh, Smith and Jigba was in and out of the game. He was injured, but did
0: he come back in the second half? That's when I stopped watching.
1: He was on and off. He there were a lot of times they'd look over and he was on the sideline. But
0: yeah, he just didn't look right. But I if if
1: Ryan Day would ever just decide that we're gonna be a running team and we're gonna run it down down your guys' throat, they would. It it wouldn't be close. But he won't. He refuses to do That's it because he has to. He's got to show off his show off his toys. And they is have. There they have that what's that? Is their O line that good? I mean, it's it's solid. I mean, and Henderson's a freak. It's that too, yeah. Exactly. So it's one of those things. And you look at that game, and then there's two games that come to mind where if they were to, when they stuck with decided we're just going to run it down your throat because we have better – we're better than you, is this game against Notre Dame and then in the 2020 COVID year when they played Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship where they couldn't throw yeah. the ball – so they just said, We're going to run it, it ride Trey Sermon. And they yeah. ended up winning going away.
0: Didn't so, he win like run for like 300 freaking yards or some shit that game?
1: It was, they ran, I think as a team, I think he ran had like 270 himself. I was going to say he was damn
0: near 300 alone if he wasn't.
1: Yeah. And most of it all came in the second half.
0: Yeah. But we'll see. I hope the defense looked improved. I mean, I know Notre Dame's offense didn't light it up by any standards, but their their defense looked much more capable than they were last year, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see if they keep improving and go from there. But then we'll move over to the the Sunday game and oh boy was that was that a game. What a you're game that one, one was. You're missing oh, one. Oh no I'm not no I'm I yeah, had a, I had a doubt. Yeah we'll we'll stay okay. we'll stay on Saturday. And okay. the Utah Floor Ethan's, Ethan's national championship team there's a little bit they took a took a little bit of a hit they were up with about two minutes to go the ar-15 anthony richardson the heisman campaign started started there and I think in the end, I think Utah the Florida Heat just got to him. They got worn down. And then it was an awful interception by the Utah quarterback as they were driving. Yeah, it threw right to him. Just and, and why 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 force it? You're in field mm-hmm. goal range. You you yeah. you kick the field goal, you tie the game, you go to overtime. You Rising might, really messed
0: that give yourself up. give yourself a shot. And and I'll say this, I'm that goal line stand, I still say from the left pylon view, he was in, but I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but I thought that was a BS call, and they waited so long to call it. Like they had to like convene for like thirty seconds before they even called anything. So I'm just like, well shit. Like Florida just got lucky as fuck. But I don't know. Florida should like they're the better team. Richardson's legitimate Heisman candidate. Like he's freaking good. Yeah,
1: and I, it's they and they're saying that, and it that and he's the reason Dan Mullen is out of a job because he refused to play him.
0: That's insane to me. I mean, I know Dan Mullen wasn't smart, but yeah, that just
1: seems asinine. And I don't even think think it's that. I thought Dan. I think Dan Mullen was a is a really good coach. I think he just outsmarted himself and couldn't put his oh. pride aside. And who,
0: who was his quarterback again last year?
1: Ah, uh, because he came. He played the year before. He was kind of their their running quarterback for Kyle Trask. Oh, and yeah, he, I think it was like Emory Jones. I think that was right. That sounds right. Name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Numbers, maybe number seven. He was number or four. Number four. four. But okay. Utah, they went out. Those, I think that'll be enough for them to win the playoffs. Because I think Florida is gonna. Florida might be the second best team in the West or it East. Good. Yeah, big win for Billy Napier in his first game. He did a great. He he called a hell of a game, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he did. And, I mean, I don't think going back to kind of Utah on their playoff chances, like, they're going to get credit for going there. Because yep. when you see a team travel all the way across the country and actually play at this other player, this other person's field, like, it doesn't happen. It's almost always neutral now. So, like, just have the balls to go there. If, if it gets to that, they sh- they should be rewarded for it, if you ask me.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's not like they got the doors blown off them either. They They competed. No. They were in it for the last play and then – Rising went full Ben yeah. in the FCS playoffs. And, yeah, not good. Not good. And just threw an absolute awful interception, which we'll, we'll talk a little about bit of NDSU football. They, they had a win over Drake, 56-14. Started off a little shaky. Drake went right down the field, scored, got up 7 nothing. Wow, was 7-7, and I about shit myself. Yeah, I was like, how oh, the hell did that Yeah, no, that Drake... it, was a, it was a really good script by the uh, Drake coaching staff and went right down, scored, then NDSU scored, and then Drake was driving the ball again, and they were lining up for a field goal, and then it got blocked, and Destin yeah, Talbert yeah. ran it in, and then after that, it was over.
0: Yeah, as it should be. So...
1: That was yeah, it came out a little sluggish. I was surprised by the way Drake was able to move the ball, but they and some reason to Cole well,
0: who's young. They yeah. don't have a ton of experience on the defense.
1: Yes and no. I their their back end is very experienced. they uh the linebackers is the biggest question still. They're still waiting for uh Cole Wisniewski to get back. He was uh he was hurt all last year. Or no it was yeah, Cole Wisniewski, And we'll see if he's back next week. It sounded like in warm-ups he was going, he was going full speed in worms. They're just holding him out. And they, they, it looks like they're gonna have a battle on their hands when they go down to Arizona in two weeks. Yeah, that'll be a good game. That'll but, be fun. Yeah. And then North. And one Dakota. more
0: Saturday game I'd like to give a shout out. Um Wisconsin River Falls. Oh Got yeah. In, uh, River Falls, Wisconsin. You know, knocked off Elmer's down in Chicago, sixty-three, nothing to start the year. And uh, my little brother, first career touch, first career touchdown. So, yeah, good, good day for the prices.
1: Yeah, congratulations, Mike. That's a exciting time. And you, who do they got this week? You said they got St. John's. It's St. John's. A that's tough, right. Team
0: matchup up in uh, St. Cloud, so that'll be okay. They average, I was shocked. They average sixty-five hundred fans a game. St. John's does. Whew. For a three, are you going? So it's gonna be a, yeah, I'm going. So it's gonna be a pretty electric atmosphere. I'm pretty
1: pumped for it. That'd be fun, yeah. That'd be fun for sure. And then, UND almost was with Nebraska for well. probably for the last for first three
0: and, and know, a half quarters. I'd say yeah,
1: yeah, about six minutes left. Then Nebraska kind of said we're better than you, and mm-hmm. but UND hung around. They had a chance to end Scott Frost's career, but he's still. He's still kicking for another game and we'll see if yeah. they uh see what happens after that. They got Georgia Southern, I think. And that's gonna be tough.
0: That, that'll they be could very well lose that game.
1: Yeah, I don't know. they Georgia Southern ran that triple option forever. And now they got Clay Helton. That's a that takes some time though to flip around is getting from a triple option True. to a regular conventional did offense. Did yeah. your coach
0: get fired or what?
1: Yeah, because it's Clay Helton now, the old USC coach. Oh.
0: Yeah, I knew that, but yeah, I didn't know they got rid of I didn't know they fired him. Yeah. I thought he just went for a different job.
1: Nope. Uh-uh. Okay.
0: They weren't terrible ever. I mean, they were damn good. No, they
1: were they were a really good FCS power back in the day when they had uh yeah. the other Adrian Peterson won a national champion with them, but yep. we'll see. And we'll move over. Now we will move over to the Sunday game of LSU Florida State. Florida State won 23 on a blocked field goal or extra point as with no time left because LSU scored with on the last play of the game, Florida state really Mike Norvell is the luckiest SOB luckiest coach there is this week because why are you running a toss on the goal line when you're in that situation with minute left, you want to make it an onside kick game, just hand it off. If you take three knees, whatever, it's still a two-possession game, and then you're putting the hand, putting it in the hands of the offense has score the than score. No, he fumbled it. It was on a toss. Oh, I honestly didn't
0: see a snap of this game, so I yeah. honestly have no
1: idea. Yeah, they were... Florida State moved the ball, or, or LSU scored to make it to go down uh, 24-17. Yeah. Florida State's moving the ball. They're about to go in. They're on the one-yard line, and Florida State runs a toss, and it goes right through his hands. And actually, before that too. So, Florida State or LSU actually stopped Florida State, and then LSU muffed the punt, the second muffed punt of the game, and Florida State got it down to the one. I think it was at about the eleven or twelve, and got a first down, and then I think it was second and goal with about a minute forty left. LSU or Florida state fumbles it. LSU, recovers it on the LSU one yard line. LSU goes the whole length of the field. They get down. It's one second left. They get bootay in the back of the end zone. He's still there. Yep. And well, he scrubbed his socials, but he was, he was at the, uh, at film today, I guess. Okay. Just uh, blocking, blacking out his social medias because of the negativity. After the game. But they – they yeah, LSU scores with a second left. And then the one rule you on field goal is you block inside. You always block inside. If there's a guy outside, let him go because it's a longer run for him. Well, LSU guy blocks outside. Florida Whoa. State guy goes, goes right through there, blocks it. Florida State wins. And – I can't bought a matter, And we tweeted this out on our three guys talking ball Facebook or Twitter page, which you guys should all go follow. And it was the, uh, it was, it was big cat yelling. He was dead. He was dead. He was dead. And then he was alive. I'm alive. <laughs> and Florida state is one and all. It's a big win for Mike Norvell. Definitely his most signature win. And LSU needs a quarterback. Brian Kelly has his work cut out for him. It was a very sluggish game from them. I think they have better – they had the better athletes, better team. They just did not execute, looked sluggish and was people – LSU fans are already calling for his head, saying he's not going to make it.
0: Shocking. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but that's uh, that's all we got for this week's games. As a recap, just
0: dropped to pick six.
1: Yep, so, they I mean, did. I just you know, watched that. They are up fourteen to nothing as we speak here, in about two minutes to go before before halftime.
0: Well, but if he, he was a receiver, he would have caught that.
1: Probably so well, That's why he's playing defensive back. Exactly. Yeah. But we'll move over to curveball of the week because it is my turn this week, and. With football season you know there's there's always it's always the best time of the year you're tailgating and going out to barbecues it's Labor Day as we're recording this so got me my got me to thinking when you're when you're going to a barbecue and not when you're the one that's grilling but what wh- what is your what's your one go-to dish that you're you're hammering as soon as there food's ready and you're going to get you're getting in line getting the food what's your side dish that you are going to?
0: Oh boy, um, this is any tailgate or does that have to be like a barbecue? Or barbecue bowl? tailgate, either, either one. Yeah. Um, I'm do I'm going for the queso. Okay. okay. Yeah, can't can't go there without queso. So is if you don't make the... queso without a barbecue or a tailgate, like get get the fuck out. Like that's ridiculous. <laughs> you need to, you to reevaluate your life decisions at that point.
1: Are you going? Is that the? Are you doing the the meat and the the meat, meat queso or just straight queso
0: um i i feel like it's easiest to do queso just queso but yep. if you want the good shit you got to put the meat in there you got to get some bacon some hamburger got to get the, the fresh jalapenos in there i mean you got to mix it up and get a little spicy
1: the rotel
0: oh, yep. yeah you got to go all out yep. oh yeah
1: yep Nope. can't go wrong with that and i will s- something i guess not super similar but the the cheesy hash browns. Yep, classic. Oh, always good. Always good. They're fresh, get a little crunch on them. It's one of the best delicacies of a tailgate. Baked beans is also a good one. I love some good baked beans as well. And yeah, you, you got any other honorable mentions?
0: Um, I mean, does fireball shots count? Yeah. Yeah, yeah then there were warm. Cool. Fireball it's is a staple at like Kinnick Stadium. Staple. This
1: is true. Fireball and bush light, that's what fuels that stadium. It is. It truly is. That's what keeps Secondly, the lights on.
0: we have to get down there this year, but.
1: Yeah. yeah one of these years we'll get down there, but. A good time. beans. Can't go wrong with, with a good potato salad. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think what else is good there. And then as far as a main dish, you can't go wrong with ribs, pulled pork. Good old, good old fashioned cheeseburger too. That's always yeah, good. But I, that's what I grew on work today,
0: cheeseburgers and brats.
1: There you go. There you go. There yeah. So good brats.
0: brats. That's,
1: that's a lot of propane. Ooh. Dude, 200 people I had to
0: grill for. It was a lot
1: of people. That's uh, what, that, how big is your propane tank? Is it just a standard one?
0: It's a normal size, but I, my grill's tiny. So
1: oh. It's just like a grill and only has, it doesn't have a double
0: rack or anything. So it's like. Parker doesn't
1: yeah. have a big grill.
0: No, we're cheaper at my store. Like oh, you it's. gotta,
1: you gotta get them to invest in one of them big ones. Get like a smoker hooked up to it too. Yeah, I, my old
0: store <laughs> had a hundred-dollar one, so oh I think really? Needs, yeah, this store just gets the, the the two burner.
1: Oh, gotcha. All right, well, that puts a wrap on our our week one recap of college football. Make sure you tune in on ter- Thursday as we preview the NFL week one games and college football slate. So check us out then. Thank you guys for listening. We're back. The NFL kicks off Thursday, and we'll be here to get you ready for the NFL season with our picks, predictions, you name it. We'll preview the top games of the week in college football, especially Texas, Alabama. Check us out on all of our social media platforms where we will be posting other content. Check out the Three Guys Talking Ball Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at 3 Podcast, where we will also be posting short clips of the show and other content. You can also check out our Three Guys Talking Ball YouTube page where we will be posting the full podcast if you want to see a video version. That puts a bow on this week's episode of the Three Guys Talking Ball podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you on Thursday.